Welcome to the weekend edition of The Daily Writer. Each weekday, we bring you a short lesson that helps you live out the four practices of a great writer. Creativity, consistency, courage, and connection. Here on the weekend edition, we take a deeper dive into those topics through conversations with writers and teaching that helps us apply what we're learning. For more, you can visit us at dailywriterlife.com. Well, I am so excited to feature today's interview with my good friend, Kristen Sadler. Kristen is the founder of Pen and Peacock Writing, which specializes in writing websites and digital marketing that inspire readers to take action while creating better brand recognition and top-of-mind product awareness. She writes, produces, and edits website content, blogs, landing pages, e-newsletters, e-books, and so much more. Kristen is also a published poet and a ghostwriter. Now, you might be thinking, what does this have to do with the title of this episode, which is Tips for Becoming a Healthier Writer? And the answer is that Kristen has had her share of health challenges over the years, and as a result, she's a great resource for helping us understand the importance of good health as writers. This is something she has studied intensely, and more importantly, she practices personally on a daily basis. We've talked about this a number of times in the past, and I'm really excited to have Kristen on the show today to talk about this because health is something that is important to me, and it's something that I need to improve in my own life. I mean, honestly, uh, it's something that all of us need to pay a lot of attention to, especially as we get older. Now, I'm not trying to get personal with you, but uh, you know, there comes a time in our lives. Um, I'm not going to call out anyone in particular, but people like myself who are on the other side of 40 or 45, perhaps, or 47 to be exact, <laughs> there comes a time in our lives where we really start having to pay more and more attention to this. And uh, I recently turned 47, as I mentioned a second ago, and I realized in my life, you know, I'm not 27 anymore, even though I kind of jokingly put on social media that, hey, you know, 47 is the, the new 27. Well, that's not really true because uh, 47 feels a lot different than 27. Um, so the reality is that as we get older, and I realize that everybody listening to this episode right now is quote unquote older or over 40, but it's important at any age, no matter if you're 27, if you're 17 or you're 77, health is a really vital topic for us. And as we get older, I think it becomes more and more important because the reality is that we're not going to live forever. And we have, I believe, a responsibility to ourselves and to our families and to our audience and to the world. We have a, um, an important responsibility to take care of ourselves and to write and to function with energy. And so that's kind of the backstory of why I've asked Kristen to come on the show today and to share some tips and some thoughts on living a healthier life. Now, just a slight more backstory before we get into the conversation. Kristen and I met a few years ago at a local networking event, and we hit it off right away. As I recall, we sit and we talked for, gosh, probably well over an hour after this networking event because, you know, sometimes you meet people and you just kind of click with them right away. You have a similar viewpoint on the world. You have a great vibe and you really enjoy talking with them and learning from them. And Kristen is one of those people. Uh, she's one of those people where as soon as you sit down to talk with her, you're like, hey, this is a really cool person who is not only smart and um, just is a very positive and, and encouraging, inspiring person, but this is somebody that I can really learn from and who can can help take me to another level in my life and in my business. And Kristen is certainly that kind of person. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Kristen shares in this conversation the importance of wellness. She talks about the power of a mind, body, and spirit balance. And she talks about some simple actions that we can take toward better health and a lot more. This is a really 
important and also a very inspiring and fun interview. And this has given me a lot more motivation to make health my primary focus this year. So I know you're going to enjoy this just as much as I did. So here's my conversation with the amazing Kristen Sadler. Kristen, welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast. It is a blast having you on here and so excited about our upcoming conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited about it too. So, Well, we're here to talk about a super, super critical issue and that is health. It's something that honestly I haven't talked about in the show that much or I think I may have had two or three guests who really focused on matters of health over the last several years. So obviously this is a topic I have greatly underserved my audience in. So I'm glad you're here to, to chat about this. Um, why is health such an important deal with writers? I mean, we just kind of sit all day and we type, right? Like what, why is health such a, such a critical issue? I'm being a little sarcastic with that, but, but seriously, why, why is this a, an increasingly vital issue for those of us who do writing? Well, uh, obesity is on, you know, a trajectory that's unsustainable in this country and other yes. as well. And sitting all day is one of the biggest contributors to obesity and, you know, diabetes. Um, it can't be helped when you're a writer. I sit, I have a stand-up desk. I can't stand as long as I can sit. I get in the groove. I don't move for hours. Um, it's a real problem. And, and when we sit like that, we, you know, we tend to, to not get up, not get things, not get water, tea, um, not eat properly. Um, really just not take care of ourselves properly. Um, so it's, you know, uh, also um, another another thing I thought of earlier with me is um, degenerative disc disease. Back mm. problems. That's a huge problem as well. Uh, hip problems, hip replacements. At young, people getting hip replacements at younger and younger ages because we are sitting in front of screens so much. Um, not just writers, but people in general. Uh, so all of those things um, contribute to some of the, the bigger issues that we face health-wise as writers. Um, and then it goes down to even little things. Well, I say little, like eye strain, dry eye, mm -hmm. vision problems. Um, and then emotionally, you know, the anxiety and the stress of being a writer can be really high. And that, that all, it's all a snowball. None of it is um, exclusive of the other. How would you say that we should define good health? Because it, obviously it's a spectrum. You can be in really, really great health or you can be in really horrible health. Most people live somewhere in the, probably the middle 50% of that continuum. But if you had to put a definition of good health, how would you really describe what we should be aiming for? What is our target with good health? I would say for me, good health means a mind, body, and spirit balance. Uh, I have chronic Lyme disease. I have, I have moderate to severe RA now. As a writer, those two things can really be a problem. Um, so people would probably look at me or people who know that would say, well, she's not healthy because she has an autoimmune disease and she's hmm. got all this other stuff going on. But in my mind, I'm healthy because I am um, on the proper weight. I exercise, I eat right, I drink a lot of high quality water and herbal teas, I meditate, I get my exercise every day, even if it's 20 minutes. Um, 
I get up, I force myself to move. I have a, an app on my phone called Charity Miles hmm. and it's free. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, I'm not heard of it. It, um, I try to keep it in my, I try to wear something with pockets. I keep it in my pocket. And as I move around the house and get things to drink or throw laundry in the dryer or whatever it is, it counts my steps. And those steps count towards money, towards the charity of your choice. That's cool. In less than a year, I raised $55,000 for charity water just by steps around costs me nothing. And it encourages me. I think, oh man, I got to get more steps for my kids today. Because right now I'm doing my charity is um, mental health on college campuses. Okay. Um, And, and it's a, it's a nonprofit organization who's helping, that's helping kids, college age kids deal with the pressures of today. So in my mind, I'm, I'm making money for those kids. So that really helps inspire me to get up and move more. So I think when, you know, getting back to defining good health, I think it's, it's a combination of having a healthy body, having a healthy mind and having a healthy spirit or a healthy outlook on every day. Even when things get you down, finding the good or the gratitude in something of that day. I would love to dive into this topic of anxiety for a little bit. It's been something that I have dealt with personally in my adult life. A lot of people have, I think, especially the last year and a half. Obviously, the pandemic has produced untold amounts of anxiety in many, many people for a whole bunch of different reasons. But as writers, we deal with specific causes of anxiety, particularly if you're totally self-employed as a writer. You know, it can be very anxious worrying about clients paying on time or at all you know, worrying about future projects, taxes. I mean, there's so many sources of anxiety as a writer. For you personally, what what have been some of the things in your writing life that have caused anxiety? Oh, uh, I mean, I started this business seven years ago now and uh, I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. You know, I mean, and then like you said, you know, if their clients are slow paying or, um, you know, don't pay, then you've got to deal with that. Um, seven years later, you know, here I am and I still, I am still always feel like I don't have that. Um, what's the word safety net necessarily hmm. underneath me um, that you might have if you work for a corporation uh, where you will get time off if you get cancer and you'll get medical, you'll get family medical leave act. You'll get right. that you'll get vacation time money that you can use. You get all that. We don't have that. So if we get sick as writers or self-employed writers and you can't write, like I had wrist surgery in February and I couldn't use my left hand and I couldn't do all my typing with my right hand because of my RA. And you really realize how vulnerable you are. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a huge cause of anxiety. And I don't know that it ever goes away. I don't, I don't care how much money you're making. There's always that, even if you're saving and you're doing all the right things for your future, there's, there's always that little tiny bit of uncertainty that says, hmm. What if I can't do this anymore? What will I do? Yeah, I've got a, a good friend who, of course, I don't know how much money he makes, but it's in the, like the multi-multi six figures, I'm sure, for him and his, his agency. I remember on a call with him a few months ago, he said, and it really this really stuck, stuck with me. He said, it doesn't matter how many books that you've done. He, he's done dozens of books over the last number of years. It doesn't matter how many books you've done. You're always, you always have a little bit of anxiety about where that next one's coming from. Yeah. He's got a massive network, tons of referral work. And I was like, wow, I, I really wasn't expecting that. I was hoping you would say, you know, when you've been doing this a while, everything is is secure and you basically know where things are coming from. But the, the reality is that you don't. Right. And that's true. And 
I I have a position with a revenue operations company as their um, senior level writer, and I could make double or triple the money I make uh, on my own not doing that, but that is my safety net. So I have my clients, and then I also work with them as a contractor. I'm not employed by them, but I know that I have a position there as long as they'll have me and I'll have them. So it, even though I could make a whole lot of money, take those hours and make, you know, so much mm-hmm. for me, the balance is there that that work is always going to be there. It's something I can trust. It's something I can believe in um, and feel good about. And it's a team, you know, how we, we get so isolated. Yep. So we have, I totally have understand team. So I think at some point you have to make a decision, like what's more important. Is it, you know, making as much money as you humanly can and having that constant uncertainty or finding a balance between something that, well, maybe it doesn't pay as well, but I have that safety net and I still get to do my own thing on the side. Yes. Um, it's really helped me feel more secure than when I was just a hundred percent going from one client to the next and hoping to get that next one. Yeah. And it brings to mind the question for me of what is really the purpose of money? Shouldn't, shouldn't the purpose of money be to give us options, give us a better quality of life, allow us to help other people and serve other people, you know, those kinds of things. And if, if our pursuit of more and more money is only bringing more anxiety and more stress, then what's really the point of it? You know, and I know kind of in the entrepreneur world, there's this, there's very much a hustle kind of a culture of, burning the candle at both ends, working 24 seven and all that stuff. When that doesn't seem to be very healthy, really. No, it's counterproductive because when you get into that pattern, you don't sleep well, you can't have a clear mind. You don't concentrate well. You know, you're going 25 different directions every day and you really never, ever get anything done. And it's impossible to do your best work when you mm-hmm. hold in 20 different directions because you're just chasing the dollar. I think this has been proven, I don't know, hundreds of times and probably hundreds of people have said it, but when you find what you're good at and you do it, the money will come. You have to be smart about it and try to get what you're worth. Don't undervalue yourself. But if you are doing what you love and you stick to it and you commit to it, if you can financially afford to do that, then usually you'll find your sweet spot and the money will come. Mm -hmm. That's so true. What are some some ways that you personally deal with anxiety that some ways that you have found are really helpful? Uh, being in nature. <laughs> that is my number one. Um, Me too. Two. Uh, I don't do so well when it's a hundred degrees out, but I like will. It is now. <laughs> I know. I mean, this, I hate summer. I'm like one of those weird people that I love winter. I love bundling up and going out in the cool, crisp air and taking my walks every day, but I still get out. I still get out as early as I can in the morning. If I can't, if I can't be in nature, I still have to do some sort of exercise. That that is my happy place. Um, whether that I have a recumbent bike in my house, I have a little mini gym, I have, you know, dumbbells and bands and balls and you name it. And I will get my workout and I will sweat every day. And while I'm working out, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. So I'm not thinking about work usually. And so it's kind of a combination of a meditative experience plus a physical hmm. experience. 
And, you know, it's been a way of life for me. I started doing aerobics when I was 14. I have worked out every day of my life that I haven't been either in the hospital or had surgery or something since I was 14 years old, because if I don't, I will hurt. So for me, it's kind of like, I know if I have a day where I don't work out and I sit all day, the next day I will be able to barely move. Hmm. So for me, it's a, it's a direct cause and effect. Most people don't have to deal with that. So it's easy just to say, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, for me, it's my, you know, my day, uh, between 11 and one, I get my workout, my lunch and my shower because it breaks up my sitting Mm. really early in the morning. And then after one o'clock, usually, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got the rest of the day to write. I feel amazing. I also use tools like a vibration plate. Uh, and, um, that, that just kind of, you stand on it for 10 minutes and it vibrates your cells apart and it brings oxygen to your body and it does all this amazing stuff for your circulation and all of that. If, if you can't get a walk, um, you know, I have never heard of that before. My, all of my functional medicine doctors have had them in their offices, my chiropractors, um, there's a ton of science behind it, but basically when you get toxic, your cells clump and those clumps can lead to cancer. Um, you get sick, you get sick cells, your body's trying to detox and without exercise, all of that stuff just gets stored in your fat cells. And these vibration plates, um, are set to a frequency where they can take those cells and separate them and then bring oxygen into your blood and and around everything. And it goes all the way up into your brain. And then your, your lymphatic system is able to get rid of all of the, the bad stuff. That's fascinating. I've never heard that before. That's great for writers because you stand on it and I'm telling it just feels so good. You know, it's just from your feet up and it's like, Oh, this just feels really good. And it's, it kind of refreshes you. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. I should check one of those out. Is that yeah. something you could, I mean, how, how much are those to just go buy one? 150 bucks on Amazon. Really? Yeah. They used to be thousands of dollars. And I mean, I have wanted one forever. They have one that has, that's based on sound frequency, which is the best. They're like five grand, you know, person never, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Well, they've gotten to where, you know, it's not going to be as good as that sound frequency one, but it's going to still be really good. And I really notice a difference. So, um, that's cool. I'm going to totally check that out today. Any little thing you can do like that, you know, chiropractic acupuncture, I do chiropractic once a week, whether I need it or not, because I get in there and I always need it. Um, any, any little things I have a little trampoline too. That's great. Little, one of the little mini ones, get up, jump for two minutes, sit back down, (laughs) just keep moving, keep things moving. Man, that is such great advice. You've given us tons of of really good tips here. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to this section of the show to to write, (laughs) write all this stuff down because I need to do most of it. I am training for a half marathon right now. So I'm, I'm running several times a week and man, that is it makes such a massive difference in just mm-hmm. how you feel and your attitude. And, and you live, do you live in St. Peter's or O'Fallon? I'm in Lake St. Louis. Lake St. Louis. Okay. So I was, I couldn't remember. I knew you lived in one of those areas for those who are, are listening, who have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, Lake St. Louis is a town. What would you say? Like 15 miles away from St. Peter's 10, 15, oh, yeah. 20, Yeah, about 10. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. In St. Peter's, we have this, um, well, really in St. Charles County, we had this huge trail network. I don't know if you ever get out on the, the bike and the hiking trails, but man, when you talked about being in nature, that's something I do all the time and it makes such a big difference. 
Yeah, that's great. And and that's probably the number one thing that will help anxiety. You know, meditation is hard. People don't like the word. They don't like to try to do it. But when you're in nature, you know, eventually, I think after a few minutes, the stress falls away. You start concentrating on the butterflies and the flowers, right. whatever. And you're, you're meditating really in nature, but most people think, oh, meditation, that's for hippies and I can't do it. You know, <laughs> anytime you're shutting your mind off from worry and, and, and that, that hamster wheel of, of thinking and uh, thoughts ping-ponging around, anytime you can do that, you're really in a meditative state that will cut through that stress and, and bring down, you know, all of your anxiety levels. So I do want to ask about meditation, though, because that that's a practice that is really, really common today. And I think we're hearing more and more about it. How do you meditate? And are there any tips that you could give us for doing it effectively? Okay, so for beginners, especially um, meditation can start with something as simple as focusing on your breath. You can you can sit at your desk and do it. And if you breathe in and when you breathe in. Put your hand on your stomach and push your diaphragm out when you're doing it. So you're getting a deep belly breath and you hold it. You can hold it. I like to try to hold it to nine counts. Stop for a second and then blow it out to the count of nine. Hmm. Do that four or five times. You've just meditated. It's that easy. Because wow, that's interesting. You're counting, right? You're counting you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on the in-breath pause, you know, do the same thing on the out breath. You do that three or four times. You have thought of nothing but your breathing and your counting and you have shut off everything else. And it's just a total reset. It's a brain reset. Plus the breathing will bring oxygen to your brain. It will help you with brain fog. It will help you with writer's block. It will help you have more energy. Um, it's, it's breath is life. I mean, that, and that, and in that, it can be that simple. Of course you can do meditation, um, YouTube videos and, you know, do all of the, um, apps like calm and really get into it. But, but I think that freaks a lot of people out. They're like, Oh man, I don't have time to sit still for 20 minutes. Right. Right. Who does. But if you did, if you did that breathing exercise two or three times a day, you've just meditated for like 10 or 15 minutes, cleared your mind, done something really amazing for your body. And it was effortless. Okay, I'm going to have to make a note about this. So how often would you would you recommend doing this daily? Do you mean like maybe doing it once an hour? Just taking oh, a- no, not even that much. I mean, a couple times a day. You know, maybe once in the morning, once in the afternoon. You could do it hourly. Um, you could even do counts of four. There's something called box breathing, where when you breathe in, you okay. it being a box. One, two, three, four. And then you breathe out one, two, three, four. If you want to do it a bunch of times a day, that's a shorter version and it will give you the same effect. I prefer the longer version. I feel more energized after the nine count, which actually ends up being about 18 seconds per. Okay. Um, and I do that about five times in a row. So I do, you know, nine in, nine out, pause, and then do it again. And by about the fifth time, I'm so relaxed. I feel so good. <laughs> Relax. Does it put you to sleep anyway? No. Mm-hmm. It just, just relaxes you. Yeah. I mean, I don't get sleepy doing it. I just feel really um, relaxed and energized kind of at the same time. Like, okay, 
like when you take a break and then you feel like, oh gosh, I have so much more energy now, but I have relaxed energy. You know, it's not anxious energy. You know, it's interesting when you, when you think of all the things that, that we use to try and hype ourselves up or get more energy or calm ourselves down. I mean, my goodness, how, how many people, I got to go through Starbucks and get my Starbucks today or Kelsey. I got to have my energy drink or whatever. Number one thing for energy, if you want to drink it, water, quality water, not bottled water. Bottled water has, a bottle of water has over 2,500 chemicals in it. You don't, we don't need somebody else's tap water that's been boiled and stuck in hot plastic and sold on a grocery store shelf. We just need good old like Brita filtered tap water um, and pour that into your own bottle because I mean, the chemicals in bottled water and all hmm. of the bottles, even, even, I was, I'm a big fan of mineral water from like Italy or, or Germany or whatever. But as soon as they started putting it in plastic, I won't buy it because there's a heating process that it goes through to get to, by the time we get it and it destroys everything good that would be in there. And it throws in thousands of chemicals that our bodies wow. don't need to be dealing with. And so just plain old good fashioned water. And then I am a, I swear by having at least one serving of electrolytes a day, especially as we get older, you can't function without them. Um, and how do you, is it like through pills that you take or? or no, it's, um, it's a powder. I put it, put it in my water. It's called Ultima. I, I mean, there's tons of them. I get it at. Okay. Time. Interesting. You can get it at Whole Foods, Fresh Time, whatever. Um, but without electrolytes, you're, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you can't function neurologically. Your brain has to have them. Your heart, if um, I have heart palpitations, I've had them forever. When I start getting them, I'm low on magnesium. I take an extra magnesium, they stop. You, your, your heart, your brain, your whole nervous system, um, muscle spasms, twitching, um, concentration, sleep, sleep patterns, all of those things require potassium, sodium, magnesium, um, all, and then selenium and copper and zinc and all of the other little electrolytes that are in there. Um, and again, totally will give you energy. You know, there's a reason athletes drink Gatorade when they get done with a football game or whatever mm. it is, except that Gatorade's loaded with crap. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you can get electrolytes that are all natural without a bunch of sugar and stuff in them and just add them to your homegrown filtered tap water, you're going to feel, you're going to feel a difference pretty quickly. I've heard several other people the last three or four months talk about magnesium. So mm -hmm. what's the deal with magnesium exactly? And sh should we just take that in the form of a multivitamin or something? Uh, I take it separately and I, and I require a lot. Uh, everybody's different. I require about 1500 milligrams a day. They say most people need about 500. Hmm. Some, some things are better if you get them separately. So your, your minerals, like your zinc, your calcium, your magnesium, and um, your sodium better taken by themselves, like in a multi-mineral hmm. in, in the electrolytes, because they can interfere with absorption of some other vitamins. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So like if you take thyroid medication or iron, um, calcium blocks the absorption of iron. Um, so I just take them separately. Um, and then if I, if I feel like I need more, 
Magnesium is a part of every single process in your body. Wow. I didn't know that. So if you're deficient, your body's struggling. And it, it's, it's a calm, it creates calm. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's right up there with vitamin D, B complex and C as being something that really is not an option. And as we age, we don't absorb as much from our food that we used to. We don't, our diet doesn't, our today's diet doesn't allow us to get right. all the things that we need. Um, and there's so much misinformation out there that you know, makes me crazy. Like, don't eat potatoes because they're fattening their starch. Well, there's tons of nitrogen in a baked potato and there's tons of other good stuff. So eat your baked potato, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm making tons of notes from yeah. this conversation. I'm going to have to go back and <laughs> look at all these. So, wow. You've given us a lot to think about here. So at this point in, the, in this conversation, if anybody's feeling overwhelmed by kind of all this information, what is one simple thing that a writer could start doing to improve their health? If you just had to give people, just do this one single thing and this will really, really help you. I don't know that there is one sing- simple thing. I would say drink water and move more. Yeah, that that's perfect. Two simple things. Um, two simple things. Yeah, those two things, quality water. You know, those two things can change your life. Period. I mean, it all in all ways. In the concentration, having writer's block. I don't. This is probably a horrible thing to say, and you're probably gonna throw eggs at me. But I don't ever get writer's block. Mm. I literally never. And, if I feel I have days where I struggle, where my words aren't there, I'm pulling for words. But I think when you take care of your body and your mind, it just, it rewards you. <laughs> it rewards you by giving you what you need in return. Yeah. Yeah. This is such an important topic. And I feel like it is so neglected in the writing community. It's something I've, I've neglected a lot of times in my own life. I'm, I'm really working on a heart now. And my wife has been a huge help with that because she runs every night and she eats very healthy. And, um, you know, if I get bad food, I kind of have to hide it. You know, I'm like, I'm almost 47. You know, should I really be practicing this juvenile behavior? But, you know, well, I mean, everyone deserves a treat now and then, you know, and that's the thing. It's I not, do deserve a treat. Thank it's you. It's not an all or nothing it. thing. You know, it's not all or nothing. I'm not all or nothing. I eat cookies and chocolate and stuff, you know, but it's all, We've all heard it a million times. It's everything in moderation, right? Don't, you know, don't get up from this conversation and try to go run a marathon if you've never yeah. exercised before. You're going to fail. You know, I mean, it's it's literally a matter. Buy a small trampoline and tramp, you can jump on it for two minutes a day. Yep. It's baby steps. And it's it's still finding a way to enjoy the things you enjoy while being really smart about input equals output. What you put in, mm. you're going to get out. If you're putting crap in, you get crap out, <laughs> you know? So it's really just, it can be overwhelming. And I, and I think that's what stops people from trying. Oh, it's just too much. I don't know. Or there's just too much, too much to deal with. Or I don't have time. I've got kids. I've got to pick them up after school. I got to do this. I got to do that. You've got to take care of yourself in, in, in increments if you have to, because otherwise you're not going to be there for those kids. You're not going to be there for your husband. You're not going to be able to do your job well. You're going to let people down. You're going to let yourself down. You know, it's really, Mm -hmm. it's 
baby steps. And then those baby steps turn into bigger steps and bigger steps. And it becomes a way of life, which is what you want. You just want it to be your lifestyle. This is really powerful. I'm so glad we had this conversation because I needed it. And I know probably everybody who's listening to this right now needs this on some level. Unless you're like a total health nut and you do everything perfect all the time. I'm not sure those people exist. No. So like we I, all said, need to I, I certainly don't. I mean, I just, um, every day I, I'm still learning to, I research this stuff because it's my passion. Um, you know, I did, I saw, well, I still do, but I, I was really ingrained in the functional medicine um, clinic in Florida. That's very well known for almost 10 years. I learned oh, just mountains and mountains from going there and being treated there and it's just, it's my passion, you know? So I love to get the word out and it is hard to get it out in ways that is digestible for people and not overwhelming. You know, you just don't want to make it hard. Yes. Yes. Makes total sense. And and most of the things you're talking about are very simple things that you can just put on your calendar or put as, you know, make those part of your routine every day or morning routine or whatever it is. I mean, even if you have to go to the bathroom, whatever it takes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The small things can be done. There's no excuse for not doing the small things. <laughs> I guess that's how I look at it. And even moving more since I work from home, you work from home. I make it a point to save my laundry and dur- during the week because it forces me to get up. Oh, I got to go change out the laundry. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> you know, just little run the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher. It just... It just makes you move. It gets you yeah. out. And then I get miles for my kids. So it's perfect. Which is cool. Which is cool. I say my kids. I mean, on the app, not my kids. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen, this has been an absolute blast. Um, where can people find yeah. out more about you and your writing and your services? So uh, I have a, my website is penandpeacockwriting.com. And um, my contact information is on there. I am in the process of, um, starting a healthy writer blog website and blog. I have not, um, gotten the domain name yet, but when I do, I'll share it with you, Kent, and then you can okay. share it on your, um, on your Facebook page and stuff. Um, because after you and I talked last time, I realized how, what a big subject this is and how so, so many people are so overwhelmed by too much information. I want to, I want to narrow it down. I want to do the opposite. I want to give people the information they need in snippets Mm -hmm. and make someone feel like it's attainable. So I love it. That's my upcoming goal. But for right now, if they want to get in touch with me, they can go to the pen and peacock writing.com website and find me there. Awesome. Well, thanks again. This has been a blast. I appreciate you and your friendship and for making my day so much better by giving me these awesome tips I'm going to start putting into practice. So thank you. Oh, well, you're so welcome. And thanks for for having me on and um, let me know how else I can help. I will. Thanks so much. Welcome. Hey, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kristen. I learned a ton from this conversation and I feel like I say this after every single interview. But I'm going to say it again because I talked to such amazing people on this podcast who I learned so much from. But I'm going to say it again that it's hard to narrow down just one single takeaway because I took a bunch of notes and it's really hard to nail down one thing. But I always want to focus on just one thing as far as a takeaway because it's hard to put into practice 17 things, but we can put into practice one thing. And here's my one 
biggest takeaway from this conversation with Kristen, and that is simply, we've got to focus more on our health. We have to take the long view of life. I'm a person who I could easily work, you know, 16 hours a day. If I, if I was a single guy, I didn't have a family and I didn't have a social life. I could easily work 16 hours a day because I love what I do and I get very into it and I'm a detailed person. I could literally sit in this chair in front of my computer, staring at the screen, writing and doing podcast stuff and doing emails and all those things, uh, doing ghostwriting for clients. I could do that for 16 hours a day and totally neglect my health. That would be very easy to do, but it's not good. You know, in the moment, sometimes we feel like it's important to get the work done and hustle and, and buckle down and all those things. And, you know, surely there are moments whenever that is necessary, I suppose. Uh, We all go through really busy spurts, but we've got to take a long view of life where health becomes a part of our routine. And uh, in fact, this is why I just recently, just like a week ago, I finally got a a really nice smoothie maker for our house so that in the morning I can have a fruit smoothie and start off my day with a healthy kick. So this conversation was part of what inspired me to do that. So Christian, thanks so much for giving your time to this conversation. I learned a ton and for everybody listening, hope that you've enjoyed this as well. I also want to encourage you to visit Kristen's website, which is pinandpeacockwriting.com. There's some cool stuff there, so make sure and check that out. We will also have her social media links in the show notes. So thanks for listening. I love this episode, and I encourage you to start making health a priority in your life if you don't already. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I want to take a moment to let you know about our daily writer membership community. You know, one of the very best ways to develop better habits and impact more people's lives with your writing is to spend time around other successful writers. So if you're tired of feeling isolated and chasing success on your own, then I know you're going to love the Daily Writer community. For years, I searched for the kind of writing community that I would want to join, but I could never find what I wanted, so I created my own. Some of the features include weekly writing sprints, monthly community calls, book discussions, calls with guest experts, and much more. For more info, you can visit dailywriterlife.com community. Thanks, and I'll see you tomorrow.